Welcome back to our 80th episode of the Launcher Farm Show, where I interview Benito Supa with Durham Escape Rooms in Whitby, Ontario. In this episode, Benito and I talk about why you need to truly immerse yourself in the community if you want to build a long-lasting business. And Benito shares how he focused on giving back to the community since the very start and why it's such an important part of his business model. And we talk about what agents can do to partner with local businesses like Benito's to add value to their clients and support the local business owners. And Benito shares a super easy way to combine charity and supporting small businesses to create a win-win-win for everyone. And we talk about how you can get a number of small businesses together to cross-promote and gain massive traction and do it all at a fraction of the cost. Plus, we talk about a ton of other ideas that you can use to grow your geographic farm. So be sure to check out this episode, like and subscribe, and enjoy the episode with Benito. Welcome back to another episode of the Launcher Farm Show. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and today we've got a great guest, a very special guest. It's Benito Supa from Durham Escape Rooms. I brought Benito on for a special reason, so we're going to dive into that in a second. But Benito, take a second, tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here. Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me on. Uh, so as Ryan said, I'm Benito Supa. I'm the owner of Durham Escape Rooms in Whippy, Ontario. Uh, Ryan and I have been networking for about seven or eight years now since I moved to uh, Durham Region. Um, and uh, yeah, I've had a, a couple businesses. Uh, I, I was uh, the first food truck owner in, in Durham Region, and uh, then I was the first escape room owner in Durham Region. So for me, I like to be a trailblazer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I like I like to rock the boat, and uh, I like to do different <laughs> things that make people stop and go, oh, I should have thought of that idea first. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I wanted to have you on because normally we typically have real estate agents and people that kind of service the real estate industry, but I wanted to bring you on because it's important, I think, as any of my followers know, that focusing on small businesses and local business is really a key thing that really agents should be spending their time and energy on for, for a multitude of reasons. One of them is we should be supporting the community that supports us. And I wanted to have you on because you are a big proponent in giving back to the local community. You're a big believer in connecting with other small businesses and helping other small businesses. And I want to dive into some of the strategies you've done, how agents can work with small businesses like yourself, whether there's an escape room or something cool or fun in the area and how we can really all work together because especially coming out of COVID after the last couple of years, things have been really hit hard, specifically the small businesses who have had to adapt and had to change and had to grow and need ways to kind of reestablish themselves and get out there. And that's kind of why I wanted to have you on. So let's talk about before we jump into that, how you got into what you're doing and in that kind of beginning phase for you and how you've evolved into to where you're at now. Yeah. So, I mean, the escape room, uh, so the food truck was operating and it was doing relatively well. Um, the problem with it was uh, it, it couldn't generate the revenue that I wanted it to generate post Christmas to April. So there were four right. months of the year that there was literally no revenue coming in other than deposits for weddings the following year. And so my wife had uh, found these things called escape games or escape rooms and wanted to go try one. So uh, we drove up to Peterborough to play our first one. Uh, and we're now really good friends with the owners of escape nice. games in Peterborough. Um, but it's on their, it's on a farm, like it's on their property. So like we're driving up and, and you know, I, I turned to my wife, I'm like, we're going to die. Like we're, <laughs> we're driving onto someone's property, but yeah. no, it's a, it, it was a, and it's funny because I joke about it with them all the time that that first encounter with them, but we kind of fell in love with them. So we did a couple that, that day and then my wife's originally from Ottawa. So we went to go visit her mom in Ottawa and we played a couple more there. And then we came back to Durham in the GTA and we played a couple more and then played a couple more. And then we stopped and we looked around and we were like, there's 
there's not one out here. Uh, and so in 2015, we got the ball rolling and we created a, a viral video saying, you know, there, there's an escape room coming soon to Durham region. Yep. Uh, and we literally laid the groundwork six months before we opened to have this big push so that as soon as we opened our doors, we were busy right off the snuff. Nice. So that's, that's how we got started. Um, the industry in Durham region blew up uh, to five, six escape game facilities right after wow. we opened um, since COVID. So some, some closed, some stayed open, but yep. since COVID we're the only ones left. So all the wow. other ones closed for a multitude of reasons. Um, uh, whether it was lack of supports or, or whatever the case was. Um, so we're the only ones left in Durham region. Um, but we've immersed ourselves into the industry. So I speak at escape room conventions around the world. I've spoken in Amsterdam twice, wow. uh, in St. Louis, uh, in San Antonio, uh, and then even some Canadian conventions. Uh, I know a lot of people are probably going to sit there and, and say there's escape room conventions, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but the rest of the world feels the same way about real estate conventions. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're like, what? There's real estate conventions? <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so that's how, that's how things got started. Um, and we've always wanted to build our business um, and give back to the community. It was really, really important. It was, it was a, a big pillar of our business model. Um, so we've, you know, we've sent uh, we've sent money to organizations like Windreach Farm. Uh, we support students in DDSB. So instead of just you know giving gift passes to schools when they need a fun fair or whatever, we actually. Um, go into the schools and, and teach classes on how to build game design and, nice. and how to build an escape room. And then we help the classroom build an escape room, either in their auditorium or their library so that they wow. can hold fundraisers uh, amongst the students to generate money for their causes that they're doing. And we found that that generated more value for the schools. And here's a, a $20 yeah. gift certificate, right? Yep. Um, so we do that. Uh, we've sponsored 30 soccer teams in the last, you know, seven years. Wow. Uh, so we've done all kinds. Right now, we're participating in the food drive in Whippy because uh, the food drive, uh, the food bank here is pretty bare. So we're offering a, a reduction in cost if people are bringing in non-perishable food items so that we can support the food bank. So it's always been a really big pillar of ours yep. uh, to work with other businesses, um, to work with not-for-profits and charities um because without the people we are nothing so yep. if people aren't walking in the door here we're not generating revenue so yep. um we need to support the community so the community knows that we're in their corner and then they in turn they're in our corner right exactly and i think that's a testament to why you're still there like you said there's people have come and go and have not stayed around and a lot of people get into businesses and think well i just do what i'm good at and i'm gonna make a bunch of money and the reality is you have to adapt you have to evolve you have to give back you have to embrace the community and embrace those local businesses because that's going to help like you said keep you in the corner of the, of the community and keep you top of mind and build those relationships so i want us to go back when you were getting started what were you doing to do that community reach at the very beginning because for a lot of people they have a business they're starting especially in real estate or any type of small business and they just focus on the launch part what did you do at that those initial stages to say hey we need to kind of get out there and, and get the community involved yeah, so um, at the beginning of the escape room, uh, that was when my food truck world and the escape room world were kind of colliding. Right. Uh, and every time I say that, I always think of the Seinfeld episode, worlds are colliding. <laughs> um, but the community outreach stuff, because of the stuff I was doing with the food truck industry, yeah. people already knew the stuff that I was doing. So we just kind of migrated the stuff that we were doing with the food truck into the escape room. So yep. 
There were a few years, uh, and I think you participated in some of them, Ryan. Uh, uh, there were a few years that for the Salvation Army, uh, we raised money to purchase, you know, 300 or 350 turkeys yep. for Christmas time. So while the Salvation Army was building these hampers for the people who were part of the food bank, um, they were then including gift certificates from like Loblaws or No Frills or wherever they were getting those, those bonuses from. And yep. they were including those in the hampers for the people getting them to go out and buy their meal. So we said, uh, and there was a group of us, uh, but we said, why don't we raise the money to provide the turkeys so that they can use the gift certificates in the hampers for other things, right. either, whether it's to round out the meal or whether it's to buy groceries in another week. Like why, why should they have to rely on this hamper and this gift certificate to buy the staple of the meal? If yep. we can just do a little bit extra and provide the staple of the meal, then they can, then, then the hamper goes a lot further. Yep. So we continue that in year one here. Um, and Durham escape room, even though I was the organizer of it and I was, uh, you know, um, kind of the brainchild behind it. There was other uh, real estate firms uh, out here that were doing something similar. They were raising money to do full-on meals. So there was one year we kind of uh, colluded and, and uh, worked together, which was really, really neat. Yep. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then the escape room just made a sizable donation to that first year. Um, also in the first year, we, we partnered with a couple restaurants um, to kind of get the word out. So at the time in our first year, we did... Um, uh, the program was called App in a Trap. Uh, oh, nice. So we we uh, we partnered with uh, Matt Cardwell from the Royal Oak. Uh, if anyone from out here will know the Royal Oak, yep. if you're from Ottawa, you'll know the 13 locations out there. Uh, <laughs> but we partnered with Maddie and uh, we did an App in a Trap. So it was a one a one cost and purchased an appetizer there, and you got you know a gift certificate uh, for for us. And and so those were the the two things we did. Mind you, this is seven years ago, so I'm sure there was more, but those are the two things <laughs> off the snuff that really stick out as um, the initial things that we did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, you've adapted and you've evolved, and I'm sure there's things that you did that may have worked amazing at the beginning that may, may have lost momentum or things that you didn't have as much traction, but over the time has built up for it. What did you kind of evolve into next to bring in that community? Because I know that, again, that is a big part of what you're doing. How did you say, okay, hey, let's let's do more or, or let's focus on what's working, what's not working? Yeah, so as the as the coffer started filling, uh, because the business was doing relatively well, then that's when we started amping up stuff and, and we started sponsoring all the sports teams and, and doing all kinds of stuff. But we'll always... Uh, Anytime we do a special event, we'll donate a portion to some sort of not-for-profit or charity. Um, most of the time, it deals with um, supporting organizations that deal with children. So, you know, Children's Aid Foundation, Make-A-Wish. Uh, I mean, just looking across the lobby right now, we have a candy machine in our lobby that a portion of the proceeds goes to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, right? So I take zero dollars from that, that vending machine. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the gentleman who comes in and fills it up, half the proceeds go to him and half the proceeds go to make a wish. So wow. for us, we've always tried to do as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so we did an event last summer. Um, it was, uh, uh, called agent 22, uh, where a portion of the proceeds, you know, went to a not-for-profit. We did an event the summer before that called the Brooklyn document, which was, uh, both of these were outdoor events. So there were special <laughs> events where people are running around town, like the amazing race. Uh, and then a portion of the proceeds of that went to the optimist club of Brooklyn. Uh, and the optimist club was kind enough to, um, uh, uh, participate with that in terms of like volunteers and getting the word yep. out to people of Brooklyn. Uh, we're always participating in um, uh, Denise Laframboise and Nicolie Evans uh, uh, 
show us your sparkle their christmas event where the winner of the christmas light contest uh gets to give you know a thousand dollars to a charity of their choice so we always sponsor that and put money into that um and for those of you who don't know they they run a mortgage brokerage so you know kind of ties in yep, so yep. I, I, <laughs> I tend to i tend to kind of navigate towards uh working with high volume uh places whether it's you know, restaurants or realtors or mortgage brokers, um, because we need to get not only do do those verticals have a vast uh, database of clientele that they can get the information out to, yep. um, but it, you know, it's just it just works. And and the three vertical, those three verticals alone, so entertainment and uh, restaurants and real estate, however you slice it, um, they're always looking for ways to give back to the community. So um, it's really important for us to always work together. Uh, yep. So that, that's where things have evolved. But then we started doing all kinds of different promotions that didn't have to do with not-for-profits specifically, but to give back to individual families or individuals in the community, right? Yep. So uh, then we we just branched off. So now we have a two-pronged approach. How can we give to com community organizations, but how can we give back to families in need, right? Yeah. So now we do a, a two-pronged approach to it. That's awesome. And, and I think you hit one of the things that I talk about all the time is that one-to-many approach for any real small business has an opportunity to help make an impact when they can get in front of larger audiences and expand. And that's why I think working with other businesses is so important because you have an audience, I have an audience, there may be some overlap, but there may mm -hmm. generally isn't overlap. If we can both work together, work on some organization or some group or some fundraiser, or some thing that we can now expand your reach to my audience and expand my reach to your audience, you can reach a lot more people a lot more quicker. You can have a bigger impact in the community. You can help both people. And I always, I call it selflessly selfish where we are selflessly giving back, but it's, there's a selfish element in that we do want to promote ourselves and we want to get out there and, and, and connect with people too. And it's a win for everybody. Yeah, I well, let's be realistic. People don't get into business to not make money. <laughs> yeah. People get into business to make revenue. And so yeah. if there's a philanthropic element to it that's going to generate revenue for you and at the same time allow you to give back more yep. um, and all the good feels are out there, then everybody wins, right? Exactly. So, um, you know, we've had a couple events that we've done where we haven't generated the revenue we've wanted to, but we've still given what was promised to the yep. community organization because it's really important to stick to your word, right? Yes. Exactly. Um, so there, there's times where the the donation amount was sizable and, and worked really, really well, and they were happy with it, and it was a loss leader for us. Yeah. It, it, ends up, it ends up coming back to you, right? So exactly. the, the more good you put out, the more good that comes back. That's a perfect segue into the question I was going to ask next is how do you track that amount of effort, amount of time, amount of money and resources to return business. Like, because I find a lot of businesses, specifically agents, but a lot of small businesses have a hard time balancing between giving, being involved, and then trying to track that to, to actual tangible business. What do you do to track that? Well, there, there's lots of different things. So, I mean, I don't need to tell the real estate world about tracking clientele and yeah. tracking <laughs> online leads. Uh, I mean, you guys have entire courses uh, <laughs> around it uh, and you have like your own um, websites uh, or like um, shadow websites that, that specifically track, you know, unique visitors and leads and stuff. So there's, there's no secret there. Yep. Um, so we have software as well, where we track yep. the people, how they've heard about us or, or if they've participated in events uh, and it keeps track of the people who are participating in the events. And then if they're coming back, uh, so we have our own CRM, uh, yes. which is specific to um, the ticket based system or so, you know, concerts use it, um, you know, 
most entertainment places use some sort of um, customer database software. And I'm not talking about like the HubSpots or the, or the Salesforce. Yeah. Um, you know, we have companies like Fair Harbor and Bookio and um, uh, Peak Pro. These are all companies that specifically have databasing and booking ticket processes for the entertainment industry, but it, it doubles as a CRM. So I don't have to pay for both. I just pay for one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, so that's how we track, but also we have other tracking mechanisms in our marketing. So, you know, along with the Google analytics and, and the pay-per-clicks and, and the Google AdWords and all that stuff, yep. you know, there's, there's other tracking mechanisms that we use for print campaigns, which are, are, are probably not dissimilar to the stuff that happens in the real estate world. So you use tracking phone numbers. So when people call a specific phone number, you know that this specific program is yep. working and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, this, the, your audience won't, but I came from a digital marketing background. So, uh, a lot of the stuff that I do is very, very similar to a lot of the stuff that, that your vertical does. Yeah, that, that's why I wanted to bring that up because I think it's important to understand that small businesses speak the same language, whether we know it or not. And sometimes we live in our own little world. We live in our, that we think we're so unique in our own business, but there's a lot of overlap and from a marketing standpoint, there's a lot of things we can do to work together. There's a lot of strategies and technologies that we can both yeah. utilize together. And whether that is online ads, whether that's social media, whether that's tracking, all these different things that we can tie together, but we have to be willing to put ourselves out there and, and connect with these local businesses and create that conversation and create that goodwill and create those relationships to see the opportunities. And I know that's a big part of what you do. So how do you choose then? And how do you find the people to work with? Because for a lot of people, they're terrified to step out there or they're, they don't want to, they don't trust everybody. How do you say, Hey, these are the people you want to work with and this is how we want to do it. So we, um, people work with people that they like. Yes. Let, let, let's, Hope, let's, hopefully let's, let's just, <laughs> call a spade a spade yeah um if if the personalities clash uh typically you're not going to find a symbiotic relationship yep. um so the partners the the community partners that we get together with are people that we have like interests in mind uh and we just get along on a general basis and and that's how we choose um and this is one of the things that i teach in all the the seminars that i speak to is um the faster that people get this thought through their head um the better it's going to be for them. And that marketing is not, um, it's not an expense. Uh, and I know you know this, yep. uh, marketing is an investment. And yep. the faster you start thinking about that, the better it will be. So anytime we, we come across a business or a community partner that is a little bit hesitant dealing with an escape game facility, is we say to them is like, look, we have the background and the knowledge doing these things. We have done it with this company and this company and this not-for-profit. And we have to treat them like an interior customer, right? Yep. Just there. Some people may not know the difference between exterior and interior customers, but we have to treat them like an interior customer and just be like, look, you need to invest properly in your marketing because that's how you're going to get your ROI. And the minute you start, especially for a smaller business, the minute you start thinking that, you know, how am I going to make my money back? Any marketing is good marketing. Yep. As long as you're not blowing the ship up, as long as it, <laughs> as, as long as it stays in line with your, your mission statement and your corporate profile and your company presence, yep. your marketing is going to work for you. So we make fun of ourselves in almost all of our marketing. And, and it was something <laughs> that we started doing from the beginning. So uh, I'll never forget this one instance uh, where my phone was on in my pocket, like the screen wasn't locked 
and I was just perusing Twitter. And then I ended up tweeting a whole bunch of random characters. Cause like my keys were hitting the phone. In my <laughs> and so like the tweet came out and it was like a whole bunch of J's and K's and L's. Yeah. And, uh, and so we went onto Twitter and we were just like, yeah. So in other news, and we literally made fun of ourselves. We used the mistake to make fun yeah. of ourselves and it actually generated us revenue because our followers were like, Oh my God, this, the tweet was so funny. And we had to, <laughs> to see who was tweeting these things. And yeah. so we actually ended up getting people booking games to come in and meet the person who was <laughs> making fun of themselves on Twitter. And it was, yeah. so it ended up, it ended up generating revenue for us. I was like, my keys were in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. So those happy accidents, you got to roll with them, but that's, that's the image that we put out there. So yep we're always going to make fun of ourselves. If we make a mistake, we'll, we'll call ourselves out on it because we're human. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, so dealing with smaller companies and dealing with the partnerships, you just have to show them the proof and yep. you have to show them that it's going to work. So, and the modern business owner is a lot more savvy today, yes. uh, especially you getting into the market because there's a lot more resources for them that wasn't exactly. there before. Um, so just showing them how many, visitors you get to your website or to your program isn't enough they want to see conversions exactly. and they want to see dollars they want to see what it actually turned into so it's really important to have those metrics um before covid we had approached the town of whippy to rent out one of their facilities to do a haunted house so one of the things we like to do around halloween is make a haunted house slash escape game and so we approached the town of whippy there was a building that wasn't being used it was slated for demolition and we, i walked into the town i had a meeting with the mayor and i'm like here's here's our analytics like here's everything 30 percent 30 percent of our clientele comes from outside of durham region so one third of my business and and these figures yeah are tourists yeah so let's use these figures and bump that number up and have more people coming from outside of durham region and spending money in the region at yep. restaurants and hotels and whatever um, so it's always about coming in armed and prepared. So 100%. just saying the number of visitors you have isn't enough yeah. translated into dollars. Right. So, and, um, and the great thing about analytics, especially like we, even with Facebook analytics, is you can see age demographics, right? So a lot of people think that our number one age demographic is 18 to 24 year olds. It's not, it's moms. Moms are our biggest demographic, yeah. especially with Brooklyn, Ontario being just north of us. Yeah. Um, right. So mom A throws kid A a birthday party. Well, yep. mom B is like, well, let's throw two birthday parties. And, and then mom three. And, it, and I saw that trend with the food truck because I, I would do a birthday party with the food truck. And then the house down the street would have two food trucks, us and somebody else. And then, yeah. and there was a trampoline and three food trucks and it just kept snowballing. And I was like, yeah. so we've, we have a completely different marketing message to those clientele versus uh, our corporate clientele. Right. So it, it's all about your messaging and how you can position yourself. Yeah. And I, that's something I tell agents all the time is that if you're going to partner with any businesses, you have to come in with a game plan and a solid game plan. And don't just, I mean, some people walk in and say, Hey, let's build some relationships, let's network. And that's fine. But if you really want to, if you want to speed that up and if you really don't want to get something solid and something to come together, you got to come up and say, Hey, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I want to do. Here's the traffic. Here's my database. Here's the kind of people I want to reach. How do we do that? And how do we work together? And if you can do that, like you said, people are more savvy. They'll, they'll see the opportunity and then you can, 
speed that process up and do it more efficiently and then create more opportunities, which will spiral out and hopefully create more, more opportunities. So I want to talk specifically about real estate because I know you've done some cool things with some real estate agents on how, how you've done that. So let's tell us a bit about that and, and how agents can hopefully pay attention and see some opportunities for themselves as well. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, so there's three programs that we do. Um, one we're just tweaking. Um, so I'll talk about that one first. Um, but this one's really, really huge. So when we bought our house uh, in Durham region, our realtor at the time was like, yep, here's a gift certificate or here's a bottle or here's a basket filled with, you know, chocolates and jams and whatever. And so we have, uh, uh, we're trying to position ourselves to be the location of choice for realtors to come and purchase gift certificates to give to their clientele. Hey, you're new in town or you might not be new in town. You might just be moving down the street, but if you've never been to this place, come check out this place. So before we used to run it, straight up as, um, hey, just come buy gift certificates from us. So now mm-hmm. we're going to sweeten the pot for realtors. We're going to have a very specific um, coupon code for them. So when they purchase the gift certificates from us, they're going to get it at a lower rate in the hopes that um, they will do this for everybody. Yep. Um, but then on, on our end, we're going to limit the days that that gift certificate can be used on. So it's going to prop up our slower days. Yep. So we'll sell them at a lesser cost to the realtors and then our slower days will get busier. So we're going to get something, uh, both ways. So, uh, it, it's going to help out the realtors cause they don't have to pay as much. Yep. Um, they're going to be seen giving out something cool, yep. right? Uh, I mean, I mean, I may be a little bit biased. They're pretty dope. So, um, so the realtors save a little bit of money um, and we end up making money and then my slower days get busier. So that's one of them. We're tweaking it a little bit right now, but that's one of them. The other one is um, uh, having sponsorship nights where the realtor will, um, or the realty firm or the brokerage or whatever, yep. will purchase X number of tickets for a specific day. And then they can set up um, a table in our lobby. Uh, and so anyone who books on that day up to a certain number of tickets, um, or they can purchase them and give them out to whoever they want, but it'll be like this night is sponsored by, right. you know, Ryan Smith. Yep. Um, and then Ryan sits in our lobby and he hands out cards and brochures and has, you know, um, listings there of, of properties in the area or, or however your tables get set up. Cause I'm sure each realtor is different. Yep. You know, if you have an, uh, an iPad, pad with your listings on it where people can peruse but uh, it's really really good to have the sponsorship night so there's realtors who will do like a movie night for their clients and they'll buy a a whole movie theater and have everyone go to a movie that's great um but if everybody's doing that then you know exactly you can create a different be be different stand out and and create another fun experience that people will be talking about right so the the mechanism and the the delivery mechanism of having the sponsored night is one thing but the location and the fun factor and having having that one-on-one interaction with the guests that are coming in is going to be more beneficial than booking an entire movie theater and then having people go in, get their popcorn, watch the movie, and then leave. The odds of you talking to people is a lot lower, whereas this, it's a little bit more of an intimate setting. It might cost a little bit less as well because we can cap that. So if if the realtor says, we only want to do it for two hours, well, this is what it costs to book the facility and all the games for the two hours. This is the number of tickets you can get out. Uh, And and then you work from there. So so that's the second one. And then the third one, uh, we haven't done it over the last... uh, We did it the first year of the pandemic, believe it or not. Uh, It was... 
it was pretty dope. Um, last year we couldn't do it. Just people, people just couldn't afford it. Um, but for the last five years, uh, so I'm not counting uh, Christmas of 2021. So from 20, sorry, 2016 to 2020, uh, we did the ultimate Christmas giveaway. Um, and the first year it was uh, one prize of like 700 bucks. And we went out to all these local businesses and said, all you have to do is give me product. You don't have to pay for any marketing. I will pay for all the marketing. I will facilitate the entire contest. And what it was, was these companies were just giving us their product. All these local small businesses were giving us their product and we would advertise on their behalf. And all the entrants had to do was just like their Facebook pages. Yep. Um, and, and that was it. And then the second year we gave away um, an $800 prize and a $300 prize. And then the third year it was a $1,500 prize pack. And because the people in the first year loved it so much <laughs> that they did it the second year. Yeah. And then everyone who came on the second year was like, can we do it again? And, and there were some years where we were pulling in like leaf tickets and, uh, and spa stays and, and hotels. And, and so then we had to like, like collect all these prizes and split them up into three very distinct categories. So the last year we did it, there were three prizes. One was 1300, one was uh, 1100 and one was 800. So we ended up giving away at no cost to the people, um, you know, over 12, 13, 11 and eight. I mean, you do the math, right? So <laughs> yeah. 3,200 3, bucks worth of stuff. Yeah. People didn't have to pay a dime for it and the companies benefited from it. So we had restaurants and breweries and a whole bunch of like homemade makers who would never get the audience that we're because i mean our facebook following is almost eleven thousand. yeah um our instagram's above 2500 uh instagram is like the bane of my existence every time <laughs> we, lose, we lose a follower and it drives me bonkers <laughs> but um i have someone on board who's trying to help me with that because every time i post something even if it's like yeah, we're doing a contest. We like lose followers. Like, why would you stop following at this particular moment? Um, and then, so, you know, we have a pretty sizable um, social media footprint. Um, and so all these businesses are jumping on board uh, to, to give stuff away because the, the return on that investment was so much greater. Um, so, for example, Stamp Memories by Amanda, which does hand-stamped jewelry and, and stuff, all, all really, really cool stuff. Yep. They would give a prize pack, um, and then we would go to all the other homemade makers. And so it was like it was like the, the do-it-at-home prize pack. And then there, yep. was the, then there was the one that was like Blue Jays tickets. And so we would partner with everybody. There were, it went from realtors. So realtors were giving us restaurant gift certificates to uh, insurance brokers. And so we created this network of literally 50, 60 companies all working together to give three people at Christmas this crazy dollar figure amount. Yeah. Um, and, and we pitched it as you can give this away to people at Christmas as gifts or keep it for yourself. Like yeah, exactly. whatever, right? And, yeah. uh, and, and we were full, you know, there was like full transparency. We were like, if you keep it for yourself, no one's going to get mad at you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, <laughs> I mean, some of your friends and family. Might be <laughs> yeah, mad, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the whole point was to get people jazzed up about this thing. So we had uh, the last year, so 2020, with the first year of the pandemic, we had 50, 56 companies participating, huge. Uh, giving, giving stuff away. And 
all they had to do was just give me the stuff and I would yep. drive around and pick it up and they would just be like, here you go. Uh, and I would handle the whole contest. So last year, nobody wanted to do it. Everyone was kind of tight. It was, it was pretty tight. So, um, but that leads me into one of the other things that we did for families over, over the pandemic. Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling here a bit, but um, one of the things we did over the pandemic as well was we ran free events for families and yeah. uh, did an Easter egg hunt. Uh, and I bought a whole, whole slew of inventory of board games. And then we did an Easter egg hunt. Oh no, the Easter egg hunt was 10 bucks, but a, a portion of the proceeds went away. Um, what we did was the Halloween before that. So in October of 2020, uh, we did a free monster hunt. And so we had all these monsters in windows of local businesses right. and families had to run around and uh, find all the monsters with clues that we gave them. Uh, so they were running around town looking for these monsters in windows, and then they had to take pictures of all the monsters and then submit the eight pictures of the eight monsters to us. And everyone who submitted all eight pictures got put into a draw for stuff. So we not only did we run a free event and we ate all the cost and all the marketing, yeah. but we incorporated eight businesses that were struggling during the pandemic. Yeah. And so they got hundreds of eyeballs on, on their businesses. Uh, and then the families that won got put into a draw for prizes. Like, so they didn't have to pay a dime. So that was the free one. And then the Easter egg hunt, uh, we charged $10 a family, which yeah. wasn't a lot, but there was, um, there was five different time slots, uh, 30 teams per time slot and uh, five prizes per time slot. So uh, a lot of families going to a lot of different parts of Brooklyn and Whippy trying to find these hidden golden eggs and uh, the first five teams that came back with keys to the, the lockbox ended up winning prizes, right? That's so it was awesome. And, and I think a big part of, should be a big takeaway for, from that is that not only are you, like I said, helping those businesses, you're increasing the eyeballs, but those businesses will also promote it themselves. They're not just going to give a prize and they're not going to go, okay, bring me some eyeballs. They're going to share it too. They're going to say, hey, I'm participating in this. It's goodwill for them. They want to know that. So now again, you're expanding your reach. So it's not just your 10,000 followers, it's their audience and everyone else's audiences. And if you do that, it's now collectively, you're reaching more people having a bigger impact. And it's a win for everybody because the, the consumers are happy. You guys are happy as businesses. They're getting that promotion. And the nice thing is you spearheaded it for a lot of people. They struggle with that initial starting of that thing. Like a lot of agents or just business as a whole don't have the the talent or the desire to start something from scratch. So partnering with someone like yourself that's doing something like that, you can just say, hey, I'm here, here's my part. I'll, I'll donate. I'll, I'll do what I can. And they can let it run. But if you are willing to do the work yourself, like you did, I'm sure you got a good return on it. Um, yeah. 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 So, I mean, just, just having people come in, you know, the week before Christmas to pick up a $1,300 prize pack or whatever, like, you know, then they went home and told everyone in their network. Right. And then all those businesses then shared it. Right. So the Christmas, the, the, the ultimate Christmas contest one uh, was one that they all shared, which was yep. really, really huge. Um, the secret location one for the monsters and the eggs uh, that they couldn't share it because then people would know. Right. Right. Were involved, right. But, uh, but they shared it afterwards and they shared pictures of them. You know, like they would take pictures of the people participating and then yep. share it. So after the fact it generated um, some more traction that, we wouldn't have generated because we were done at that point. So our, our level of involvement was done once, you know, so at the end of the event, we posted the winners, we posted a couple of pictures, yep. but then the businesses would be like, look at what we did this weekend. Right. right. So, yep. yeah. So it was good. 
Sounds good. So going forward, where do you see things heading as far as community involvement for you? And now that kind of things are not back to normal, but getting a little more somewhat <laughs> resembling normal. Um, so the first thing on the docket is to try and get out of this. Um, so like I said earlier, uh, a bunch of the escape game facilities in, in Durham closed uh, and we hung on. Um, so we've got to kind of rebuild things uh, mm -hmm. before we jump right in. Um, so right now we're participating in the food drive um, and we're giving a portion of, of, um, of each ticket cost uh, back to the people as long as they're bringing in food. So we're discounting our rate as long as they're bringing in uh, non-perishables uh, for the food bank. Um, we're probably going to do some other outdoor event this year uh, and partner with another not-for-profit. Um, I think, though, for this year, that might have to be the extent of it just based on the landscape, right? right. Uh, and just based on what we've had to deal with for the last couple of years. Yep. Um, but there's plans. Like right now, the money that we're going to be spending in marketing for this year has to be on building a new game. So right. in, 20, in 2020, we had plans and money to build three games and that's all gone. So as we're slowly yeah. building that up, you know, um, and making yeah. sure that there's money for the, you know, that government loan that has to be paid back by 2023. Like we've got, we're, we're juggling a lot of balls in the air. So yeah. as much as we have a lot of great ideas that have generated a lot of goodwill and revenue for us, yeah. um, we did not come out of COVID unscathed. So yeah. We have to be a little bit more mindful and a little bit smarter with the decisions that we're making, um, which I think we're going to be okay. Um, I just, I don't know uh, into 2023 what our programs are going to be yet. Uh, we're still reeling from 2020 yeah. and 2021. Um, so 2022, we'll probably do a couple. So we'll probably participate in the Show Us Your Sparkle again because we do every year. I think it's really important to support, you know, uh, Denise and Nicolee and, and their program that they're doing. Uh, and uh, there's probably going to be another event uh, that we're going to be doing um, probably at some point in the summer. Um, it's just a question of who the partners are going to be. Right. Um, and then into 2023, if everything goes according to plan and we're still around and, uh, and we're, we're not another casualty of, uh, of the small businesses of, of COVID, uh, we'll probably have a few more, but don't think that there's not ideas. I just don't, share my, I don't share my future ideas too often because if I do, then they won't be my ideas anymore. They'll be somebody else's. Well, again, you're back in that rebuilding phase. And again, a lot of small businesses are in that phase. They're refilling their coffers because of over the last couple of years. And again, if agents can see that and create an opportunities for other small businesses to help them do that and, and create those wins, it's going to be a win for everybody and help each other all kind of rebuild and re-navigate this world we're coming back into and, and hopefully we all make it through. So if you were to give advice for agents really with working with small businesses, what advice would you give for them to kind of create those relationships and, and add value? Uh, so the first, the first piece of advice, if there's any real estate agents that are in the Durham region and you have a client that's getting rid of an abandoned house, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you for Halloween because yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> we're always looking for abandoned old houses, yeah. uh, stuff that's not going to be too dilapidated that will fall down. But uh, if I, <laughs> if I could give any advice, it would be just, it's not going to be a home run every time. Mm. And the faster you understand that, um, 
there are good investments and there are bad investments. Um, but if you're always going with something that works, find two or three things that work and, and cycle through them. So yeah. don't, don't always do the same thing. So if you find that a program's working with a, a restaurateur um, or a mortgage broker company, don't just keep doing the same thing yep. and only doing that. So if you want to do it every year because you like the consistency of it and people get, people are expecting it, then you have to add other things to the mix. So yep. uh, keep the portfolio fresh, um, keep the ideas running. Uh, so that would be the first piece of advice. And, and then the other piece of advice would just be like, just don't give up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, understand that, um, I mean, there are a lot of people buying houses and, and I don't have to tell you the market is kind of crazy and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's the people that aren't buying the houses that are the ones that need the most help. Yeah. So if you can find a way to focus on the communities most vulnerable uh, and the communities most needy, that is where you should focus your attention because yeah. then that will put a much more positive spotlight than only supporting the people that are purchasing from you or selling with you. Yeah. Um, so because those people's situations could change tomorrow yeah. and they'll never forget uh, the act of charity or the act of kindness. So just don't only focus on the people buying and selling with you, but yeah. focus on the community as a whole. Um, and you'll, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll reap the rewards. Yeah. I wholeheartedly, but yeah, that's, it's good advice because a lot of people, like you said, they focus on that, who's paying the bills and, you got to focus on who needs the help in the community. And that's part of why I teach geographic farming. This is what I teach is to, to really look at the community as the community as a whole and say, what can I do to make an impact and how can I give back and how can I create value for everyone here and create a, a better place to live. And by doing that and focusing your attention on multiple things, you're going to reap the rewards and, and be able to grow. So, yeah. And just because, you know, person A may not be ready to buy a house today, that doesn't mean that they don't have a family member or a friend exactly. or a cousin whom, you know, uh, someone who's at arm's length from, from you that you would never have met. Yep. So you positioning yourself to help the entire community, eventually that, that world of mouth, it's not even word yeah. of mouth anymore. That world of mouth is going to become so exponentially bigger for you because you're reaching people that you never would have reached before, or that potentially you would have discounted because they're not immediately in your buyers or sellers list. Right. Yeah, so exactly. fo focusing outside of your list is, uh, although it may not make you your percentages now, it will pay itself off in the future for sure. Exactly. hundred yeah. percent. That's awesome. Awesome advice. And we always wrap up with a best book. So what's one book you'd recommend that's had an impact on your life or you think would have an impact on our viewers life? Uh, I've had two. Um, so from a business perspective, uh, who moved my cheese? Great book. Very small. Uh, great. Easy to read. read. Yeah. Easy read, but, yeah, but uh, it, it teaches people to, to deal with change um, in ways that you never would have thought of. And then on a personal level, um, and I, I'm sorry, Robert Salvatore, I'm not going to name my favorite author's books, but that's because it's fantasy and like dragons and magic <laughs> um but on a personal level the celestine prophecy uh nice. phenomenal read also a very easy read the 10th insight not so much the sequel to it was a little bit more of a challenging read but uh if you can read both of those books uh i think there will be a little bit of an eye opener for some people 
Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes so for our viewers can check that out. And how can people check out what you're up to, find out more about what you're doing and uh, find out more about your business? Yeah. So uh, anyone can book a game at www.dermescaperooms.com. Uh, if you want to follow us on social, so on Facebook, we're just Derm Escape Rooms. On Instagram, we're at Derm Escape Rooms. On Twitter, we're at Derm Escape. And on TikTok, we're Derm Escape Rooms. Our TikTok channel isn't as uh, <laughs> vibrant as some others, but... Yeah. Uh, that's because I'm doing the job of three full-timers right now. So <laughs> once, once that, that, that subsides a little bit, then I'll, I'll pick up the TikTok that thing again, but we used, we use it as a, as a marketing technique as well. So uh, um, during the first summer of the pandemic, we did a, uh, the show that puts people on an Island and they have to compete and they get voted off because they don't <laughs> want any, anything getting hit with any copyright. Yeah. <laughs> but we did like a, we did like a hidden idol game across nice. all of Durham region and we hid um, a gift certificate and then went on to TikTok and videotaped a 360 view of where that location was. And then we had literal teams of people running out at like two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> trying to find these hidden idols um, that contained gift certificates that, that they could redeem once we reopened. And uh, so we did um, some of the locations, they were all found, but we did one at Pickering uh, City Hall we did one at um, uh, Archibald's Winery in, in Bowmanville, right? So Love Sandy, them. yeah, San, Sandy's phenomenal. Awesome. And uh, so I literally walked in and I'm like, Sandy, I, I want to bring people to your front door and it's not going to cost you a dime. And yeah. all I want to do is hide this little package by that tree over there. And she was like, no problem. Yeah. Um, you know, we did one under the bridge uh, in Ajax on Church Street there because uh, there's that pull off. Um, we did one by the cemetery in, in Whippy on the border of Whippy and Oshawa. And then the Oshawa one we did was um, in that pavilion there downtown. And it's got oh, like yeah. the, the stone. I forget what it's called, yep. um, but it's got like the stone pavilion. So we hid stuff there. And then we literally just stood there and did a 360 view. Uh, we may have used the music from the TV show, um, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that people get voted off the island on. Yeah. But yeah so use, come up with unique ideas and, and, and use, um, the mediums that are there to, to generate interest in your business. Yeah. And, and the more different you can be from other realtors, the, the better you'll be. Um, and I, I also consult. So all the realtors can pay me for ideas. Awesome. <laughs> You've got a lot of them and you're, you're good at them. So yeah. yeah. And that's, again, that's why I think it's so important to work with small businesses because you can share different ideas. You may have kind of one idea and someone else may bring over here and collectively you can come up with something awesome. And even if you get an even bigger group, you can come up with some, some fun ideas and be able to pull it off. So I know you pulled off some awesome things. I know that you've done some amazing things for the community and I, I really hope your business does really well this year and continues on because it's a, it's awesome to see a community leader give back and, and, and we should be supporting those people as much as we can. So thank you for being on the show. I know our agents are going to get a lot out of this. And if you have any questions, I'll put all of your contact information in the show notes so they can check out what you're up to. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. It's always great seeing you and uh, doing stuff with you. So uh, awesome. thanks for inviting me on the show and your house looks nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you'd like more videos like this, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Facebook page and our other social media channels. Looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming.